Let's all turn to 1 Peter, 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 16. 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 16. And in 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 16, it says, As free people, do not use your liberty as a covering for evil, but live as servants of of God. I'm going to say it again. 1 Peter 2.16 As free people do not use your liberty as a covering for evil but live as servants of God. God bless and honor the ring of his word. You may be seated. I may be for a moment but I probably have to stand back up again because I'm already getting worked up. <laughs> we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This is from the Declaration of Independence, July 4, 1776, as 56 men signed it, 53 were active members of the church and faith. These men, we speak about it all the time, were wonderful, wonderful men of God, most of them. And, you know, they loved the Lord God. They loved the Lord God. They believed it because this, this country was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I will have you know, by the way, in 1892, the U.S. Supreme Court had a case, and it was founded exactly by the Supreme Court in 1892 that this was, as I said, by the Supreme Court. And what they say goes, America is definitely a Christian nation. No matter what a certain president once said, it is founded by the Supreme Court in 1892 that America is a Christian nation. Just so you know. We need to remember that. We need to remember that. The title of today's sermon is Freedom versus Fantasy. Freedom versus Fantasy. Freedom, according to the Constitution Declaration, is different than many Americans define it today. It just is. It just is. Many times people think of freedom so differently than what it really is. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about what freedom truly is and what people think of freedom to be. And we talk about that sometimes. In fact, every year I mention some of these things. But this year we have something different to talk about because we live in a different nation than we did even a year ago. We live in a different nation. Is that true, Philip? Yes, it is very true. Sir Philip believes, not just believes, knows that our nation is different than just a year ago because we have people fighting for freedoms that they don't even have, that they believe they've had. They've believed it for a very long time. And I don't blame them for believing it because the world, talking about the lost, the world, the lost, those who are, who are lost and blinded by Satan, the world, those who are on their way to hell and they don't even know they're dead, they don't even know they're dead, the world... Uh, sees being independent differently. Remember that they are not free from sin and eternal death. And you were once them too. I was once them. I just didn't know it. They suffer from an illness. They suffer from the illness. They're sick in the head. They're sick, sick in the heart. They're sick in the soul. They're sick from the fantasy of freedom. The fantasy of freedom, Pastor? Yes, the fantasy of freedom. That's what the fantasy is. It's not true freedom that they're talking about, folks. It's the fantasy of freedom. There's a difference between true freedom and the fantasy of freedom. And we'll talk about that a little bit. See, the devil paints a picture. 
he paints a picture like an artist, but not a, a true artist, not a good artist, a, a fake artist. You know, nowadays, if you have a computer, you can make it look as if you're a really good artist. You really can. They have these apps. You know what an app is, but an application. You can put these apps on your computer. You can take a picture of me. Now, I know that I'm beautiful. <laughs> of course, easy. But you can take my picture, and with an app, you can make it look like a fine piece of art. You can make it look like uh, as if it has been painted and brushed, like, like, like something that a great artist has done. My point is, it's not that hard to make it look like art. doesn't mean it really is. And it's really neat looking. I'm glad you have those things. I've used them. But the point is this. Satan, he makes, he uses an app of lies. He uses an app of, 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 of lies and, and fantasy. He makes things look like art that isn't. He paints a picture of fantasy of freedom. Satan misconstrues and changes definitions of things. He changes the meaning of things and blinds mankind. And folks, he's been doing it always. He did it to a third of the angels, which are now demons. He lied to them and made it look like that they could take over heaven. Well, we know that. We've read, read it in the Bible. Uh, he did it. It's in Isaiah. Uh, also, also, he did it to Adam and Eve. We talked about it over and over again, and it's true. In the Garden of Eden, what did, what did Satan do? Well, he lied to them and said, oh, that's not what God was talking about. He painted a picture to them, and he changed the meaning of things. He misconstrued things, and he painted that picture and made them believe they had a freedom that they didn't have. He said, oh, you have a freedom. You have this freedom. All you got to do is take it. You can eat of that fruit. Folks, people eat of the fruit of sin all the time. Why? Because Satan paints a picture, and it makes it look so pretty. But then once you bite into that freedom that isn't there, that fantasy, you start to realize it's really an ugly picture. The problem is the world doesn't see it as ugly because they're already in that art, that, that disgusting fantasy that's so ugly. It's a lie. By the lie of the fantasy, freedom is a slavery to sin. And we were stuck in it until the blood set us free. And that's the problem. The world is filled with fantasy. The world is lost to sin under Satan's deception. They have that quote-unquote independence, that liberty, that quote-unquote freedom, that, that fantasy. Uh, they believe they have rights. And you hear it all the time, I have the right to do this. I have the right to do that. Their definition, well, what is it? Their, their definition is that we do what we want whenever we want. And you hear it all the time, I have the right to do this. I have the right to do that. Well, folks, they believe that they don't have to answer to anyone. That everything goes, there's, they have no, no one has any authority over them. Uh, they believe that they don't have to answer to any law. Basically, uh, a life of lawlessness. Now, I've talked about these things before. They don't have to answer to a higher power. We've talked about people of atheism and, and agnostics and the, the lost, and some even some believers go along with this. And they 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 don't want to to believe in God or the Bible, and it doesn't make them right because they are a slave to sin. The problem with it is, though, many Christians go with it. Why? Because they have been they've been soaking in this, this uh, bathwater, this dirty bathwater for so long, this fantasy of freedom, that they believe it. They're taught it in schools. They're taught it in, in movies. They're taught it in, on TV. They're taught it even on the news. They believe it's true. They believe that it's true. And many Christians even believe it because sometimes they hear these certain rumors, these certain things for so long that they believe what they're hearing is right. They may even believe it's biblical. Why? Because some preachers, some ministers, will even take bits and pieces of the Bible, and they'll take the word freedom from the Bible, which I have plenty, which we're going to get to in a minute, and they take that, they take that, they misconstrue it, they misuse it, just like the devil himself. I'm not saying these preachers are the, are the devil, but their, their, their words are being used by the devil to mis, 
construe and misguide some of the people, and that's wrong. And a lot of the people are, are being being taken into the fantasy, the fantasy of freedom. But they're not truly having freedom. Folks, we can have freedom today. True freedom. And this country was founded on the freedom, the freedom of the gospel of Jesus. And I talk about this almost every year. And the reason is because we need to know But right now, we especially need to know that America was founded on the gospel of Jesus. And we're going to get to that. Because you Christians were saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And you live in a nation that was founded on that gospel of Jesus. But you saints, you children of Jesus, you might even be thinking, Pastor, not only have we heard this, it's hard to believe it. It's hard to believe it because you say that. You say that. Some Christians say it, but not all Christians say it. And we don't hear that on TV every day. That's because we're living in a nation of stupidity. We're living in a nation of ignorance. We're living in a nation of spoiled little brats that are believing the fantasy of freedom and not the true freedom of Jesus Christ. I gave you, most of you, and if not, if there's some who really want to copy this and didn't get it last year, I'll order more because I want more. But this wonderful book is called God's Promises for the American Patriot. And this shows you the proof, the proof, and many of the proofs that this country was founded on the gospel. This gives you the histories the histories of the people of this nation and how it started on the gospel. It started on the gospel. Folks, this is not just someone's opinion. This goes to the true histories of this nation and how it's founded on the gospel. The, the, the very founders of America believed in God. They wrote the law based on God's law, rules, and disciplines in the word of God. We saved Christians need to know that, that we have the freedom. We have freedom and liberty and rights, and the definition thereof is that we are free from the chains of sin. And you, Christians, you are free from sin because you are servants to God. You have that right to be obedient and be happy in the Spirit, and not only happy in the Spirit, but you no longer have to live in the chains of sin. I say you are free, free at last. Oh, little children of God, you are free at last. Praise God Almighty, you are free at last. Hallelujah. You know what you have? To quote a movie I love so much called Braveheart, you have freedom! you have freedom I'm so glad I have freedom I have it I love to quote these scriptures like John 8 32 in case you didn't hear me again I'll repeat it John 8 32 John 8 32 says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free oh the truth will set you free that truth is Jesus his word just four verses later in John 8 36 it says therefore if the son sets you free, you really will be free. This is how you know that truth is not just anyone's truth, but the truth is Jesus. It's not just any truth. The truth is Jesus, he who is the gospel. He is the truth that will set you free. Not man's truth, but Jesus is the truth. And he will set you free, free indeed. People so often want to set their own definition, their own destination to these words. But folks, we can't do that. I won't ever do it again. Oh, i got a sermon coming up. Oh, I'm working on it. I don't want to put it all together in this one. It'd be too much to take in. I do that too much anyway. I won't be doing that anymore. I'm going to try to separate certain things so that you can you don't have to go home with a whole, uh, whole smorgasbord of lessons and sermons at once. Just have one at a time. 
But the fact of the matter is, is we have a lot that we can take away from the Bible about freedom that you have. You already own it because that freedom is in your heart through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 3.17. I say it again. 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, which the moment you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. Pastor, you say it all the time because I'm reminding you. When those, yes, even our brothers and sisters sometimes misunderstand and believe what we don't, believe you can lose it, which you cannot. And the world doesn't understand. You have the Holy Spirit. Listen to him. Follow him. Let him guide you so you will be free indeed. Listen to him. 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I'm going to tell you something. When I listen to the flesh, ooh, I'm chained and I got chains all around me. Oh, I know it sounds like freedom. I know the world tells you, do what you want, do what you feel like. But folks, I've done it. And when I do it, I get chained down and I feel guilty. And you know why? Because you listen to the flesh and Satan lied to you. He lied to you. He made you feel like that was freedom. That wasn't freedom at all. You went back to the old ways. And when you go back to the old ways, you're back down to the chains. I'm not talking about losing your salvation. But you go to the old man again and you're chained down. But when you listen to the Spirit and let the Spirit be the one that lets you feel the freedom that is Jesus, you are set free from those chains and they don't have you anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know I'm not alone here. I know I'm not alone. Not only can I see you, but I feel you. I can feel you right now saying, oh, that's me. I've done that. And then you're saying that, oh, I've also gone the other way. And by the way, you're not alone. We've all done it. We've all done it. Galatians 5.1. We read a while ago. I'm going to read it to you again. Galatians 5.1. For freedom, Christ set us free. Stand firm then and don't submit again to the yoke of slavery. A yoke is what they put on the oxen, what they put on those cattle, what they would put on them to keep them in there that they couldn't get set free from. Don't go back to that slavery. Don't get set in there where you can't get free from it. No, break free from it. Not you, because you can't do it. But let Jesus in you set it free. Don't go back and say, well, I think I'll put it back on again. I like that collar. No, 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 no. If you really want to be under that collar of slavery, okay. But not me. As for me, the only collar I'm going to wear is the tie that I wear here. By the way, it don't feel like slavery to me because these collars, whoo, these collars make me feel good because I know I'm doing it when I preach the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So back to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. I just read verse 1. I'm going to go to verse 13 now. Galatians 5.13. For you were called to be free, brothers, only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. Now, I, I quote, this is a while ago, I, I, spent, I said this to you, when, a verse for the month. The reason why we say this, people misuse this, they misconstrue this. This doesn't mean that you treat everyone with love and you do whatever they want to do and you tell them, well, just do what you want. The world wants you to believe that. Well, that's what makes you happy, live whatever lifestyle you want. You want to live with man with man, woman with woman, live like a homosexual? I'm going to be blunt as a spoon here. Live like a homosexual? Go ahead. God loves you anyway, folks. That's not what he's saying because his Bible, his word of God tells us it's wrong. And so that's what we say. No, but we're also not to be mean about it and cruel about it. We're to love them and be loving to them. But at the same time, we can be set free from that yoke of slavery. 
We can be set free from living out of wedlock. We can be set free from doing sexual impurities. We can be set free from gossip. We can be set free from hatefulness. We can be set free from these sins. And we got more that we'll talk about in a minute. But we can be set free from these things because that chain no longer has to have us down. We can break free from it. Say, get thee behind me, Satan. For greater is he who is in me, 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he who is in me than he who is of the world. Romans 6, 22 through 23. I said Romans 6, 22 through 23. But now since you have been set free from sin and have become enslaved to God, you have your fruit. That's the fruit of the Spirit. You have your fruit, which results in sanctification, and the outcome is eternal life. It goes on to say, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise the Lord God. Listen, listen. what I'm trying to say to you is this, that we are set free from that, and we can continue to live for the Lord God. We no longer have to go back to those ways. We keep saying this, Pastor. I know. I'm just telling you. What does it mean to be a slave? Well, we'll get to that. But we're not slaves as in God is going to whip us. No, no, no. Being slave means that we are truly set free. Being a slave to God is being free from sin. It's not the same thing as the history of America. We'll get to that too. But not today. 1 Corinthians 7.22 For he who is called in the Lord while a servant is the Lord's free man. Likewise, he who is called while free is Christ's servant. That says it all. I'll say it again. 1 Corinthians 7, 22. For he who is called in the Lord while a servant is the Lord's free man. Likewise, he who is Christ's servant. You're free. You're free from sin. And you're blessed to be with Christ. To be with Christ. You don't have to worry. The see, see. The reason why the world doesn't understand because they don't know him. So they don't know you because they don't know him who's within you. They don't get it. But that doesn't mean that we hate them, that they're stupid. It means they're ignorant. They don't understand. We just pray for them. But you are set free. You are set free. Remember, as I said a hundred times over, America was founded on the gospel. Founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is true. A modern day American hates this fact. And they claim that it's fiction. But it's not fiction. I, I could read you a lot of things in this little book, but I could, but I won't. Uh, I could. I was looking it up while ago. Uh, they believe that it's fiction, yet they conjure up fiction all the time, these modern Americans, and they claim this fact. Why? That's what Satan does. He's always done it. He wants to teach that the fantasy is freedom, that fantasy is fact, and that the freedom and the truth is fraudulent. This is what he does. This is what he's always done, as we said a while ago. Remember what it says in Psalm 33, verse 12. Psalm 33, verse 12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his inheritance. That's a wonderful scripture. That's a wonderful scripture. I would love it. Well, I've heard that so many times that 4th of July. I would love it if that meant America. It doesn't. That scripture is not America. He's talking about Israel. He is. So is there any hope for America? 
I mean, he was founded on the gospel. We know that. Well, let's, let's look into that. Proverbs 14.34. Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. So we said that this nation was founded on the gospel, and it was. And it, and no matter what they try to tell you, it was. But sin is the reproach, slavery even, to any people. So it doesn't matter how much gospel this was founded on, we see that sin is a slavery, a reproach to any people. And we see what's happened. Listen to what it says in Philippians 3.20. Philippians 3.20 says, But our citizenship is in heaven. From where also we await our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you saying, Philip, Pastor Philip, are you trying to say to me that you're unpatriotic? Oh, look at me, man. Look at me. I'm very patriotic. I'm walking around like Uncle Sam. No, that's you. I'm walking around like the American flag, man. I love this country. I love America. I love America. But, folks, I may love America, the, the country I was born in, and, uh, 200 years after the country was founded, bicentennial baby. But let me tell you this, I love the America that was first started. I don't love the spirit of America today, but I still love this nation. I believe there's hope in this nation. But I love Jesus first. Jesus is my savior. And when this country was founded, let me just explain something to you. They say, well, wait a minute, aren't we supposed to love all of our leaders? I do love our leaders, at least their position, not necessarily all that they do. That's not the point. The point is this. When they left, let me explain something to you. When they left, they left King James because, and King Edwards and all those, because they said our king is King Jesus. And so they felt free to do so, knowing that our king is Jesus and my king is Jesus. My savior is Jesus. My leader is Jesus. That doesn't mean I feel like we're going to upheaval our, our leader here in this nation. No, 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 no. Because I respect the position that they're in. I may not respect the things they say and do, but I still love them and I still respect the position God has placed them in. But I will tell you this. I will always put Jesus before them. Always. Listen to what Jesus said in John 18, 36. In John chapter 18, verse 36, it says, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. I'm simply saying this to you. We are of Jesus' kingdom. We are his children. Our nation is not here in America. Oh, yes, this is my nation in the sense that God has placed me here in this nation. He has placed you here in America. We were set here to have a ministry to follow Jesus first, America second, my flag is the Christian flag with the American flag. Those are my flags. I love America, but I love Jesus more. I love the people in America, but I love my Lord and Savior above all people, even above all of you. Just like you love Jesus more than me, as it should. The fact of the matter is, is we are Christian Americans. That's how it is, how it always ought to be. We still have free will we have our own choice here in America. God has placed us here for that very thing. But there is a great battle in this nation. There's a great battle going on, and not just in this nation. Not just in this nation, but in our souls. 
And what is that battle? It's the very title of today's sermon. Freedom versus fantasy. Because the battle has been placed in our hearts and our souls and our minds and our ears every day. What we hear on the news, what we hear on TV, what the children hear in schools, what we hear in song, even what we hear in certain places that people try to put in Bibles, what people try, and I'm talking about not the Bible itself, but what people try to put it, stuff that goes with it. People try to teach his truth and preach his truth and tell the children's truth. And we're going to talk about that. The great battle of freedom versus the fantasy of freedom. What does it say in Psalm 1-1? Oh, that's easy to remember. The first song, Psalm 1-1. Happy is the man who does not walk in the way of sinful men. Excuse me, let me say that again. Psalm 1-1. Happy is the man who does not walk in the way sinful men tell him to. Ooh. Ooh. You remember that when the world is telling you to walk like this and that. Happy is the man who does not walk in the way sinful men tell him to, or stand in the path of sinners, or sit with those who laugh at the truth. Oh boy. Folks. Folks. Christian brothers and sisters, you're living in a nation where men think they're women. Women think they're men. People think babies aren't babies. People believe that Jesus isn't real. People believe that they came from apes of billions of trillions of gazillions of years ago and the world wasn't in existence, really. They believe that there are that E.T. and all those people are flying around every which way but loose, but yet they don't believe in God who created the whole world. There's proof right in our skin, right in our DNA, that God is real and that they can't see it. They can't see what's right in their mirror, but yet they can see truth that is in their mind to their own understanding. They can see that, but they can't see the truth that's right there because they won't look at what God has given us. They call God's word fiction, but they can't call fiction fiction. No, no, no. Why? Because what we have going on right now is freedom versus fiction. Freedom versus fantasy. Once again, happy is a man who does not walk in the way of sinful men tell him to, or stand in the path of sinners, or sit with those who laugh at the truth. It says in Psalm 1 still, it's first chapter, Psalm chapter 1, verse 5 through 6, just a few uh, verses later. So the sinful will not stand, they will be told they are guilty and have to suffer for it. Sinners will not stand with those who are right with God. For the Lord knows the way of those who are right with him, but the way of the sinful will be lost from God forever. This is not something we want. Think of all the fantasy of sin that has happened. Once, many years ago, in the land of Egypt, there is a king that we call Pharaoh. And the Pharaoh decided to start killing many, many babies. And the reason was because he was hateful and he was afraid that the Jewish would, would uh, overreign the Egyptians. And so he decided to have a genocide and kill these, these, these wonderful babies uh, of the Jewish. He killed them all. He just slaughtered all these little babies of a certain age. Killed them all. But a mama prayed unto God. And we didn't even know what his name was at the time. But he was drawn up out of the water. And because he was drawn up out of the water, they called him Moses. And we can read about this in the book of Exodus. And Moses was saved 
by the Lord and was used to save his people, the Israelites, the Jewish. He saved his people. He was used of God to do so. Many years later, many, many years later, this happened again. Except even though God used Moses to bring his people to the promised land, many years later it happened again. But this time it happened in the promised land. It happened in the promised land when a man by the name of King Herod decided to kill many baby boys, all sorts of baby boys under the age of two, to protect his crown because he was a selfish, disgusting, vile, self-involved human being. And he thought that everyone was trying to take what was precious to him, his pride, his crown, what belonged to him. My life is more important than anyone else's. I get what I want. That's what he was all about. Him, 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 him. And so he decided to kill all these innocent babies because he was more important than all these baby boys. And he slaughtered all these babies because of it. Because he wanted to kill the Messiah, Christ. However, God intervened. God intervened again. At this time, he intervened. You find the book of Matthew. He intervened and saved the baby Jesus. And this time, Jesus was used to save his people. But instead, instead of Moses, you know, how Moses went to the promised land, instead, in this case, Jesus was saved and went to Egypt, the exact opposite, to save the people, the people that God wanted his children, so that they could find freedom. It's the exact opposite. The point is, is that God intervened. Are we living a time right now, a time, a horrible time, a time right now where evil fantasy is running wild. Evil fantasy is running wild while vile, vicious, vulgar, vipers, vultures are coming in and having what they want with their fantasy of freedom is taking their lives of innocent babies because they want to have their dream of sexual vulgarity where every lust is leading them like a false god thinking they can have what they want and nothing's going to stop them from doing what they want to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. Nothing's going to stop me from having what I want where they're no different than King Herod. They're no different from the Pharaoh. They're no different than the devil himself because that's who they're being led by. They think that they have freedom when it's nothing but a fantasy and it's not what we are founded on because we are founded by the gospel of Jesus Christ. They only even misquote the word of God and say that, this, that God is okay with murdering little baby children, saying that God is okay with it and they will misquote numbers which talks against adultery but they believe it's God saying it's okay to have abortion which it is not okay to have abortion because God is against murder he says thou shalt not murder he is against all these things he is against these types of things when he wants to save children obviously he wants to save these people but people believe they believe that it's okay to do what they want to do they cannot see that God is trying to give them a blessing from their seed a blessing from their bloodline but they don't want to see that they don't want to see this. Instead, instead, they even curse against God and blaspheme his name and blaspheme his word. For over 50 years, for about 50 years approximately, there's been 63 million babies slaughtered in America. And even some Christians try to look the other way and try to, to fictionally call it freedom. And they forget the commandment against murder. But we're not to do that. We're not to do that. Because America was founded on the gospel, and I'm going to live by that gospel. And now that God has given us a great gift, a great gift, the ability to vote, I'm going to vote that these babies have that freedom too, a freedom to live and the freedom that they can also ask Jesus in their heart. And by the way, all those billions and millions of babies, they are in heaven. 
But I will tell you this. I would love to see more children living for the Lord God than being dead and never got a chance. Now I'm going to tell you this. Romans 6. Romans 6. Verse 6. Romans 6, verse 6 through 18 reads it very well. I'll try to finish up as soon as I possibly can here, but I've got a couple things I've got to read here. It says this. <clears throat> it says very clear. Knowing this, that our old man, because we as Christians, we can't go along with the world. We can't do it. We can't. We can't do it and say that we're doing right by the Lord. We can't say that, that God would want us to go along with, with, with murder and all these old things. We can't. Listen to what it says. Romans chapter 6, verse 6 through 18. Knowing this, that our old man has been crucified with him, talking about Jesus, so that the body of sin might be destroyed, and we should no longer be slaves to sin. For the one who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death is no further dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. Do not yield your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but yield yourselves to God as those who are alive from the dead in your bodies to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall no excuse me, so for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Do you not know that to whom you yield yourselves as slaves to excuse me, that you yield yourselves as slaves to to obey, you are slaves to the ones whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. In other words, you're either going to be sin to God or, or, or a slave to God or a slave to sin. Which one are you a slave to? Which one are, are you righteous to? Which one are you going to be obedient to? But thanks to God, verse 17, but thanks be to God, for you were slaves to sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that formed of of teaching to whether you were entrusted and having been free from sin you became the slaves of righteousness we are no longer to be a slave to sin we are to be free from that sin we are to be free and follow the Lord God as it says in 1st Peter 2 16 submit as free people not using your freedom as we said earlier not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil but as God's slave we are to follow the Lord God, no longer the sin. Listen to what it says to Matthew. Matthew 22, verse 37 through 40. This is so important as we finish up here today. So vitally important. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. So many times people look at the Ten Commandments. And they listen to the Ten Commandments we talk about what is the most important and Jesus said this Jesus said to them you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart 
with all your soul, with all your mind. I'm going to say it again. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your mind. This doesn't mean half and half. Well, I love God, but I also love this, I also love that. Yeah, but you're to love God first above all these things. Love God all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And then goes on to say, this is the first and the great commandment. The reason is if you put God first in love with all these things, all the other stuff is second. God should always be first no matter what. If that's the case, no matter what happens in America, no matter what happens to the other parts of the nation, no matter what happens with the sin of the nation, you're going to be okay because you're going to stand for God always first. No matter what the law is, no matter what the people say, no matter what the news says, no matter what the, the, the president says, no matter... Uh, no matter when they say, come on, man, and say, no, 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 I'm going to follow God. No matter what the, the people say on either half, no matter what people say, you're always going to say, I'm going to follow God because God is first. With all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, I am with God. But that also means I'm going to love those people. I'm going to love the people even when they are being ignorant, when they're being stupid, when they're following Satan and following his lies, and they're going with the fantasy of freedom, where they're going with the fantasy of freedom, and they don't have the freedom from Christ yet. Because they don't know any better, or they know better, and they're foolish enough to follow the fantasy. And some of them do. Even some Christians do. We're going to love them. And why? Because of what Jesus says next. Listen to this. It doesn't mean you agree with them. It doesn't mean you say, oh, they're doing good. No, 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 no. Listen, though. It says this. It says, you shall love your Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Verse 38 of, of Matthew 22. This is the first of the great commandment, and the second is like, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. One, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. In other words, as I say so often, do unto others you'd have them do unto you. Treat people like you want to be treated. Treat them with greatness. This is the way to freedom from slavery or the fantasy, from the chains of sin and the way of life. If you do this, everything will be great. It's a freedom of salvation. See, the freedom of salvation defeats the fantasy of lies sin. And as we close here, as we close here, for all the fantasies that the world and Satan who's given it to the world, of all the fantasies that were painted around all the time, I just told you what Jesus Christ said. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind. That And also, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. These are part of the commandments. We know that, right? These are the greatest commandments. Listen to this! Put that with it. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. This goes with it. Psalm 119, verse 45. Psalm 119, verse 45 says this. I will walk in freedom, for I have devoted myself to your commandments. Psalm 119, 45. I will walk in freedom. For I have devoted myself to your commandments. Today you are free. You are free from sin. You are free from the blood of Christ. That blood of Christ has given you freedom from sin. And you don't have to walk in it. But you're also free from all the advice that the world tries to give you. And when people try to say you're unloving because you're not allowing people to do what they want to do, you just remember. You just remember. You are putting God first. All your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and what everyone else has to say doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter. You just keep on keeping on serving God. Let that red, white, and blue come after the red of Jesus Christ as you are white as snow. And the blue, that blue, as great as it is, that blue is nothing compared to the freedom that you have. You don't have to be blue anymore. Amen? Amen. Let's bow in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you so much for freedom you've given us. Lord, I thank you so much that you, Lord, have set us free, free from sin, free from the chains of tyranny that we've had, for, well, all of us have had. Lord God, I pray right now for this nation. I pray for all the people. There's so many right now who are under the chains of tyranny and they don't even see it. They believe they're free. They're not. I see it every day. People screaming and squawking and believing that they uh, have a freedom they have to fight for. And the fact is, is it's not freedom they're fighting for, but they're, they're fighting for slavery uh, that Satan has blinded them with. Lord, I pray that, that the Holy Spirit, you, Lord, will give them vision today. I pray, Lord God, that their eyes will open up. Lord, I pray that someone watching today will see like they've never seen before. I pray, Lord God, that you will take the scales up off their eyes. Maybe even someone here today. That they will put the Lord before the family. The Lord before the children. The Lord before their wives, before their their husbands, before their boyfriends, their girlfriends, before the ways of life that they have chosen before you. I pray, Lord, that they will put you before their nation, that they'll put you and their service to you before their luxuries, before their the celebrations and everything else. I pray they'll start to realize, Lord God, that we have placed other things before you. We've all been doing it, and it's time to stop. I pray for this, Lord God, that we will all be woken I pray for this today, Lord, that we will have true freedom again. Pray for this in your name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.